Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from The Mystery Master, Duplicity, a Ricochet Adventure, written by John Rayburn. Can the Mystery Master solve two bizarre murders? Ricochet is a different kind of detective, more aptly defined as a seeker and finder. He and his cohorts are brought in by the Romanian government to investigate two impalement murders tied to high-level intrigue in Transylvania. Is it a reprise of the fictional Dracula, or a nefarious struggle to gain control of what may be a multi-billion dollar invention, or both? Using their signature unconventional investigating methods, Rick, Helga, and Lute venture forth into the regions of Romania and England where Bram Stoker was inspired to write about the renowned Count of Vampire fame. In doing so, the intrepid trio ultimately stumble upon the truth, identify the leader of a gang of murderous thugs, and discover his connection to the wife of the Romanian president. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from The Mystery Master, Duplicity. Chapter 1 We need you! It was good to hear the voice on the other end of the phone, but I would have liked it better if the words had been, I need you. Oh, Rick, can you and Lute come? It's a terrible situation, and we need you very much. This time I could detect a tremor in her voice, so I cut off a humorous response I almost made and said, Helga. What's the matter? What is it? And where are you? She almost gushed, very unlike this sophisticated lady. Oh, Rick, I'm in Bucharest and terrible things are happening. There have been two murders and I... I've... I've been threatened. Just hold on. Back up a bit. Bring me up to date a little. And yes, don't worry. Lute and I can be on our way in short order. She went on to explain that after she attended a technical aerospace symposium in Brussels and had given a presentation there about her previous space shuttle flight, which included a short spacewalk, she had been invited to Bucharest for a follow-up appearance at the university level. Everything was fine until suddenly there were two horrible deaths. One victim was a professor at the university who specialized in astrophysics and the other was the country's most renowned aviator. Both had been found impaled on long, sharpened cedar posts. And then, Rick, a package was delivered to me at my hotel, and inside? Oh, I'm so frightened. There was a picture of me apparently taken at my university presentation, and, oh, Rick, inside with it was a miniature stake. No message, just the picture and the sharpened piece of wood. Okay, calm down if you can and listen to me. Get out of there right now. Don't hesitate. Grab whatever flight you can get and leave. Now. Let us know where you are, and Lute and I will be on the way. The lady I was talking with was Helga Lang, a lovely person I had first met when I was engaged in one of my findings at the renowned Chateau de Chanonceau in the Loire Valley of France. I had been fortunate enough to help her and some German friends of hers locate art treasures that had been hidden away from the rapacious Nazi forces in World War II. We had developed a, shall we say, strong rapport. 
she joined me at my home in Old Saybrook, Connecticut, to participate in some successful ventures, which led us on some merry chases in Colorado, Mexico, and Guatemala. These escapades included my childhood friend Luther, call me Lute, Martin, and the three of us had formed a tight bond of friendship. My affection for Helga was deeper than just friendship, and I tried to tell her of my feelings. Since neither of us had yet committed to a commitment, she hushed me, and then, as I was about to blurt it out anyway, she clamped her hand over my mouth, and it came out, I love you. She followed by telling me she had to leave. There was a major space symposium in Brussels, and she had been invited to take part. It was evidence we both had separate lives, and even though it was difficult to accept, I knew it was inevitable. We had no way of knowing at the time how long she might be gone, or whether she would be even coming back at all. The only consolation for me came when she said, before departure, I love you too. I gave Helga some additional words of encouragement, and then quickly reached Lute. We had remodeled and fully modernized a coach house in my estate grounds, and Lute had moved in full-time. Imminently successful after selling out interests and investment and venture capital firms, he determined from our previous exploits the life of probing for whatever people, places, or things that caught our attention was what he wanted to do. He's very bright, courageous, and inventive, as well as being an inveterate punster, all of which makes him an excellent companion at arms. I told him he was going to have to drive up the coast to where I'd have a plane reserved and waiting for him. From there, a trip for him to see Q on Martha's Vineyard. She's Marjorie Alexander, a septuagenarian who is a marvel on computers. She isn't into gadgets, but she likes to be called Q because of her admiration for the actor who portrayed that role in the series of James Bond movies. I called her ahead of time to fill her in on Helga's predicament and told her what we'd be needing in the way of maps and detailed information about Romanian folklore and history. When I mentioned the impalement murders, she said, Oh, oh, looks as though someone is reprising the tales of the monster, Vlad Tepes. He was called the Impaler, you know, and was part of the inspiration for the Bram Stoker fictional novel about Dracula, the Vampire. Yes, and that's all the more reason I'm so concerned about Helga. Now, another thing, Q, I saw a story indicating there's a labyrinth of secret underground passages at Bran Castle, home for Vlad for a brief period. I don't know how they might fit in, but get whatever information you can. And just in case this fiend has some kind of warped notion of a tie-in with the Dracula story, include any possible correlation with Whitby, England. That's where Stoker dreamed up his vampire epic. Very well, Rick. And you take care of that lady. Don't worry. I will, I said and assured her loot was on the way to get the information. With one ear listening for a possible call from Helga on the other phone, my next contact was with the prof. He is into gadgetry and is a virtual genius at modifying existing items or branching out into completely new contraptions. A retired professor long past tenure, he prefers to tinker and not be bothered by the outside world. But, when I explained the situation, he too was right on top of things. I don't know if it will be of any help, Rick, but there's a Japanese institute that does outstanding work along the lines of industrial science and technology. 
they came up with some plasma technology that is laser-produced and have been able to create real 3D images in a space where there's really not a thing but air. I've managed to miniaturize it and can put various images on a memory card like the ones in your digital camera. After hearing what's happening, I'll load in several that may be of assistance. There are a couple of other things I'll toss in that may also help. I'll fill Loot in on the details when he gets here. One other thing, Prof. Do you have access to a short broadsword or something similar? If this maniac is in fact trying to reconstruct the past, something like that may come in handy. I have just the thing and I'll include it. With those details handled and knowing Loot was by now probably on the way to the Profs at Akushnet, Massachusetts outside New Bedford, I began putting together a travel package of other items we'd need, including powerful laser stun gun and tranquilizer weapons, both creations of the Prof and both of great use in some of our previous activities. There were three sets of those so Loot, Helga, and I would all have means of self-protection. Next step was to check possible flight schedules to wherever Helga might be. I looked through guides for several different airlines, and several different possible destinations, and made notes on all to simplify matters when we knew where to go. It seemed like forever, but finally the anxiously awaited call came. Rick, I'm in Budapest, and I'm settled down now. I was so frightened, but... I'm in control now that I'm at least temporarily out of any danger zone. Good for you. Loot has flown to see the prof in Q and should be back here as soon as he gets all the material from them. Hold it just a minute. The other phone's ringing. Maybe him. It was Loot, and I listened to his update, then hurried back on the line with Helga. He's on the way. Finished with both Q and the prof. Has items we may need has turned in the plane at the Groton New London Airport and is heading for the car to come back here. You just settle in and relax as much as possible, and we'll be on our way unto New York and getting to you as soon as possible. I've been double-checking flight schedules, and we can get one to Budapest fairly rapidly. So I'd better get off and call for reservations. We have your number there, and we'll let you know arrival time before we take off from here. Goodbye for now, dear. I love you. I love you, too. Last-minute security measures at home base were handled, and word given to our trusted caretaker about our upcoming trip, and the fact we couldn't confirm return time. He's accustomed to that, so no problem. When loot arrived, we gathered our bags, loaded the car, and headed for LaGuardia Airport, then stashed the car in the hangar where I keep my plane. LaGuardia mainly handles domestic flights, but I had arranged for a chopper flight to JFK International where we were booked for a direct flight into Budapest. There aren't many, so we were lucky. Otherwise, we would have to fly into Frankfurt, Germany and make a connection from there. This way, we were going to be able to get to Helga in as short a time as possible. I called to let her know our scheduled arrival time, and although I told her it wasn't necessary, she said she'd be there to meet our flight. She added there had been another grotesque death in Romania, this time a horse that was killed in the same manner as the two humans, with a stake driven into its innards. The dastardly crime had been accompanied by a taunting, blood-curdling note that merely said, There'll be more. When we finally landed at the Fetihedge airport in Budapest, Helga, true to her word, was waiting for us. She rushed to us, 
gathered both of us closely in her arms and sobbed. I'm so glad you're here. I was frantic. She looked ashen but said, I'm better now and I don't want to go back into Romania, but we have to. I'll explain as we head to the hotel. I've booked us for a couple of days so we can have ample time to make our plans. On the way into the city from the airport, I asked, What did you mean in your first call about all this by saying, We need you? How did that come about? First, let me say that Romania is a parliamentary democracy and has become more active at the international level as a member of NATO and the European Union. They would like to become more actively involved in space exploration. As a result, one of the top aides to the Prime Minister was at the symposium in Brussels and later attended my university presentation in Bucharest. His name is Gheorghe Barbu, and he knew about you, about us, from those meetings, and had previous information about what you did in France at all three locations, Lascaux, Amboise, and Chanonsu with successful findings at the commission level. He realizes the current situation in his country is not in your usual line of work, but thinks the finding aspect is and can help track down the fiendish culprit behind the horrors. They have approved a large fee at the parliamentary level. Seeking and finding. That's what I do. Luckily, getting some rather large fees if I find what I'm seeking. My name is Rick O'Shea, which wound up getting me the youthful nickname of Kazing. Certainly a different kind of ricochet, something I didn't really mind but have at least outgrown. I told Helga, as you know, this is not something that would ordinarily attract my attention, but the implied threat against you is more than enough to make me want to discover the maniac. So, it's a case of count us in, huh, Loot? You bet, and we'll do whatever it takes. There was no way our confab was going to produce any tangible ideas about how to proceed. There were just two darn many questions. For example, what? What was this all about? And for what purpose? Who? Who was behind the atrocities? An individual or an organization of some kind? Why? Why was it being done? Was a specific goal in mind? When? When had it all begun and when could another attack of some kind be expected? Where? Where would more tragic events be likely to happen? In Bucharest itself? in the Carpathian Mountains area in the event of a specific tie-in with Vlad Tepes, or even in England, if the culprit was working in terms of a connection with the fictional Dracula. Our seek-and-find activities would undoubtedly need to be more refined and widespread than our previous ventures. But, again, because of the menacing package that had been sent to Helga, we all wanted nothing more than to delve into the most dangerous situation we had yet encountered. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from The Mystery Master, Duplicity. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.